Welcome to Stevenson Harwood's Pensions Podcast for June 2022. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. I'm Naeem Noor, a senior associate in the pensions team, and I have with me Ella Olejnik, an associate in our team. Today we are going to consider a recent case on ESG, a statement by the pensions regulator and FCA on value for money, as well as proposed legislation on trustee obligations regarding the appointment of fiduciary managers. We will also consider a case on auto-enrolment. First, however, we will have a look at new stronger nudge requirements that came into effect from the 1st of June 2022. Thanks, Naeem. Yes, that's correct. New regulations came into effect from 1st June 2022. When a member or beneficiary makes an application or communicates in relation to an application with trustees about transferring or accessing defined contribution or cash balance benefits, trustees must carry out certain steps. They must refer the member or beneficiary to pension-wise guidance. They must also offer to book a pension-wise appointment for the member or beneficiary, and if if the offer is accepted, they must book the appointment. They will also need to explain to the member or beneficiary that they cannot proceed with the application unless they have received the appropriate pension-wise guidance or have opted out of receiving the guidance. If the member or beneficiary decides to opt out, they will need to supply the trustees with an opt-out notification. These requirements will also apply to defined benefit schemes which have AVCs. The new pension-wise guidance requirements do not apply to applications processed before 1st June 2022. Thanks, Ella. For our second topic, we will look at the case of McGoffey versus USSL. This case involved two members of a pension scheme who applied for permission to bring a multiple derivative action against the directors of the corporate trustee of the scheme. A claimant would only have sufficient interest to bring a multiple derivative claim if they had suffered loss reflective of the loss suffered by the company. The claimants alleged, amongst other claims, that the directors had continued to invest in fossil fuels without an immediate plan for disinvestment contrary to the company's long-term interest to achieve net zero and that this was causing the scheme loss. The court dismissed all claims. The claimants had not established that the company had suffered any immediate financial loss as a consequence of the director's failure to adopt a plan for long-term disinvestment from fossil fuels. Further, the claimants did not have sufficient interest or standing to continue the claim as there was no suggestion of a causal connection between investment in fossil fuels and the benefit changes. This claim is one of the first attempts to challenge a scheme or company's investment strategy on environmental grounds. Thanks, Naeem. Next, we will consider the joint statement issued by the pensions regulator and the FCA in relation to value for money in defined contribution scheme. This statement summarizes the consultation responses received the joint discussion paper from September 2021. The responses received from this consultation will be used to inform new proposals on developing a holistic framework 
to allow members and advisors to assess and compare value in defined contribution schemes. Consultation on these proposals is expected towards the end of this year. In the meantime, the pensions regulator and the FCA have confirmed that there is value in enabling consistent comparisons of value for money across all types of defined contribution pension scheme, both occupational and personal. The regulator and the FCA will therefore continue to develop a common approach to allow members and advisors to properly compare the value for money of these schemes. Effective assessments of value of money require external comparison, which in turn require transparency of data on key value metrics from schemes and providers across the defined contribution industry. The regulator and FCA want to work towards a framework that allows industry stakeholders to assess and compare value for money on a consistent basis, with data published in a format easily accessible to third parties. The regulator and FCA's approach will be faced, with the initial focus being on workplace schemes, and in particular default arrangements. Thanks, Ella. For our next topic, we will consider the government's response to the consultation on delivering the CMA's recommendation for trustee oversight of investment consultants and fiduciary managers. The government committed to taking forward the recommendation put to the DWP to make the relevant legislation. The regulations planned by the DWP, which are intended to integrate the CMA's order on 10th of June 2019 into pensions law require trustees to carry out a tender process for fiduciary management services subject to certain limited exceptions and set objectives for the investment consultants and review their performance against these objectives at least every 12 months. The CMA's report into the investment consultancy and fiduciary management services that are provided to pension schemes found reduced competitive pressure on investment consultants and fiduciary managers. The parts of the order relating to mandatory tendering and investment consultancy objective setting came into effect on the 10th of December 2019. From that date, trustees who wish to delegate the investment decisions for 20% or more of their scheme assets must run a competitive tender exercise. Trustees who had already appointed a fiduciary manager without conducting a competitive tender process prior to the order being made must put the service out to tender within five years after the appointment of the fiduciary manager. The DWP regulations are to go ahead broadly as intended and are expected to come into force on the 1st of October 2022. Until the new regulations are enforced, trustees must continue to comply with the CMA order. The pensions regulator, whose current trustee guidance reflects the contents of the CMA order, is to update its guidance by the 1st of October 2022. The new regulations will enable the regulator to oversee the new duties on trustees. For most trustees, this change from the CMA order to DWP regulations should have little impact, with the DWP largely proposing to reproduce the relevant parts of the CMA's order and legislation with some minor changes. One such change is the report in compliance. The CMA order requires trustees to send a compliance statement to the CMA each year certifying that they have complied with their obligations. 
However, the regulations provide for the pensions regulator to carry out the appropriate monitoring, compliance and enforcement activity. For our final topic, we will consider a recent case which highlights the importance of employers providing accurate auto-enrollment information to their employees. In the case of Ian Mon against Revenue and Customs Commissioners, the employee had started new employment and was close to using up his lifetime allowance. The member therefore asked to be excluded from participation in his new employer's pension scheme. Despite this, the employer started deducting contributions from the employee's salary and paying them into pension scheme in early 2017. It was not until June 2017 that the employee noticed that contributions had been deducted and paid into the pension scheme. He then applied to opt out of the scheme and applied for transitional relief from HMRC in order to prevent an incident where a lifetime allowance charge could be incurred. However, the opt-out from the scheme was out of time. The pension scheme provider would not refund the members' contributions, meaning that there had been accrual of benefits in the scheme. This led to HMRC withdrawing his fixed protection. The member appealed his decision. The first chair tribunal allowed the appeal to reinstate the fixed protection. This was because the employee had not been given the correct information regarding auto-enrollment start date, and the employee could only opt out of the scheme once the correct auto-enrollment information had been provided. The opt-out notice was therefore not out of time, as the time limit for opting out did not start to run until the correct information had been given. This means that the employee's subsequent opt-out from the pension scheme was valid. There was therefore no accrual by reference to which fixed protection could be withdrawn. This case highlights the importance for employers of being careful when enrolling staff into pension schemes. They must ensure they provide members with the correct information as failure to do so could have unintended consequences for the employee's personal tax position. Thanks, Zella. That's all for this month's podcast. Further details can be found in our June snapshot which is available on our Pensions Hub at www.pensionshub.com. You can listen to this podcast again and subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitcher or on our Pensions Hub. 